running 100 miles seems impossible, and maybe even kind of crazy. And it is, but we believe in big crazy dreams. That's why we ran 100 miles. It was such a life-changing experience for us, we decided to devote this podcast to preparing and inspiring you to run your first ultra race. Are you ready to feel the highest highs and the lowest lows? Are you ready to do what you once thought was impossible? Are you ready for your trail to 100? Thank you for joining us here on Trail to 100. I'm Jacob Bateman. Joined along with me is my beautiful and lovely wife, Melody. Hello. And join along with us as a special guest today. We have Ethan Spaulding, a 17-year-old ultra runner. Welcome to the podcast, Ethan. Hey, thank you. Good to be now, here. <laughs> now, Ethan... We we just met you on Melody's 50-mile race. Yeah, you, if you heard my Debtors 50 recap, um, he, this this is the guy who ran with me the last, um, yes. like, what was it, 30, 20 or 30 miles of, of the run. like that. You pushed me <laughs> yeah. the whole way back. Yeah. And, and so melody came running in let's just rewind to then melody came running in and you came running in right with her and then like first thing melody says to me is like he's 17 years old can you believe that and <laughs> and honestly i couldn't so ethan how does someone as young as you get into ultra running uh you see other people do it and you think that's lit and <laughs> so that was my brother i was looking at him he was doing he did like 30 milers in high school and i always kind of looked up to that and so i joined cross country and track but then like two years ago when i was still in track he texted me while i was in class at school he's like hey want to run the teton crest trail with me and i'm like sure and then we got all pumped and <laughs> set a time during the summer to do it. So that's and so it. you were what fifteen at that time? Yeah, fifteen. Dang! Wow. Also, does your brother talk like that? Uh, probably <laughs> something like that. No, I just sounds kidding. like an ultra runner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much like that. What was your like longest distance that you ran before you ran the Teton Crest Trail? I did a 29 miler. I did double temp, so 28 mile or 29 miles with like 9,000 feet of gain, I think. So that was the biggest run I'd done. That killed us. Did your us, brother get you to do that one too? We both kind of got each other to do it because he did that when he was in high school. So he's like, I'm excited for you to feel this. But yeah, it was super hot and smoky that day so it kind of destroyed us but it was good training <laughs> oh man so so backing up even more what got your brother into ultra running oh actually he was watching youtube or something have you guys seen that video of anton kupitcha pitchka and uh killing journey doing the grand teton no we haven't oh uh, with an old camera, super blurry, but he watched that 
he was also in track. It's kind of the same, same thing. He was doing track. He's like, oh, wow, people do that because they're like in short shorts with their shirt off or whatever. And then <laughs> that got him into trail running. And he started figuring out about these big races. But he wasn't given like as good as opportunities as me. So he got like 39 miles, but that's like still way good. But yeah. So your brother watched a YouTube video, thought it was awesome, started trail running, and then got you hooked when you were 15. Yeah, that's about it. What was your very first ultra distance then? Was it was it the the temp? Was that your first ultra yeah, distance? Yeah, that was my first ultra distance. Okay. What was that like? Uh I bonked really hard the second half and we ran out of water. Oh no. And it yeah, it just destroyed me. Let's say that. But we got to the top and I accidentally knocked my brother's water over. So the entire way down, we, for one thing, we're both delusional and we're just, <laughs> our legs hurt. So, but yeah, it destroyed us. <laughs> wow. So then why did you keep doing it? Because <laughs> we were training for big runs, big races. I think we got pumped for the Teton Crest Trail and we were trying to be as ready as we could be. So Did doing so you did Timpanogos twice then that was that um run so did doing that make you like question at all like well like because the teton crest trail how long is that that's like 40 miles yeah yeah somewhere between 40 to 50 miles right right around 40 right around 40 okay yeah. so like you know that's a whole nother 11 more miles you know, like, did it have you questioning at all? Like, whoa, can I really, you know, go much further than this? Or were you just like, all right, bring it on? So our mindset kind of was, so we started out with a 20 miler. We did back and forth on this canal trail to get ready for the double temp. Mm -hmm. uh, so our mindset was that will get us ready for double temp and then Double Temple will get us ready for the Teton Crest Trail, and then Teton Crest Trail will get us ready for Dead Horse, which will get us ready for the next trip. Yeah. So I like on. it. <laughs> so even though, like, you're getting wrecked in these runs, you're like, heck, like, if I can make it through this run, then I can make it through this run. And you're, like, kind of just stepping it up each one. Yeah, I think that's kind of what it was. So did you do all of that in one year then? Yeah, that was all... 2021 so which which hundreds did you do again i did stand hope 100 and bryce canyon 100 so you did all of that this year then yeah pretty much i think oh that's impressive and, and you also did white pine the the tula trail racing series yeah and then i had a 24-hour race like two months ago and then i did rufa that two hour 24 hour race i was telling you about during dead horse in february so you're doing an ultra like every weekend basically <laughs> uh, more like every month but <laughs> okay so you're the next killian journey Jornet. Uh, i would say that i'm i'm <laughs> slow as can be back of the pack yeah, but you're 17, man. You're back the pack at 17. Most 17-year-olds 
are thrilled if they can run one mile. I, I remember thinking that I was like, I was literally just about to say the bee's knees. And I'm like really conscious about like not saying old people things right now. <laughs> um, but anyways, I felt like I was the bee's knees when I could run three miles without stopping when I was 17. I thought I was like so hardcore and so cool. And I had like all the mental toughness in the world. Like I can't even imagine having the mental toughness to run hundred miles at that age. I was going to say it's basically all for my brother. He kind of got me through like, every single race basically and he it. gave me the opportunities to be able to do them i'm giving credit to him in this case because he did help a ton but which is awesome that's awesome that you're given the opportunities and um and that you learned about it from a young age he introduced you and, and he's a resource he could teach you but you're the one who moved your legs a hundred miles twice twice that's impressive. That takes a lot of guts to be able to do that. Guess so. <laughs> he so what is the, what is your friends um, and like classmates say to you when they figure out that over the weekend, rather than getting Mountain Dew and playing Call of Duty, you were running. Oh, I do, miles. I do that too. You're too. getting Mountain Dew and running hundred miles. <laughs> and then COD night. Call and then call of duty yeah so what do they say to you when 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 you when they ask you what you're up to or what you're doing and you bring up that you're running here this large mileage distance they either say they respect me or that i'm crazy and i should find a new hobby half <laughs> and half sounds about right sounds pretty typical that's the yeah. back you get as an ultra runner and, yeah. and i you start to love it when people call you crazy, right? And you're like, yeah, I am. Hypes me up. It's like a compliment. Yeah. You best know I am. Just <laughs> what is your biggest struggles when you go out and run your ultras? Like when you ran your, your hundred mile races, like what was the biggest struggle for you to overcome and push through? For me, it's probably sleep deprivation because i don't know why i struggle with it so bad but the moment it gets dark i can't stay awake i'll just be running with my eyes closed the entire time but and for some reason i start hallucinating really bad on the first night i don't know that's like yeah, what were the hallucinations yeah, let's you were hear about having the hallucinations Ooh, let me think about this one i don't know in my second hundred I thought I was in, so that was in Idaho. I thought I was in Utah with Mount Superior behind me. I sent you guys the picture. I thought that uh, the big old mountains behind me were uh, Mount Superior, and I thought I was on a hike with my dad. My dad was pacing me. Oh I was so gosh. lost. <laughs> and I started to cut down the trail because I thought the trailhead was down there, but it was not even close to where the trail was. And then yeah, I just got all lost. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. That's so, nuts. so then what did you what do you do to combat the sleep deprivation? For me, I found I need to run faster. <laughs> I just need to get my heart rate up a little more, which at certain points of the race is like way hard. But if I can do that, then I'm then 
I might have a chance at that. <laughs> you know, I like that. I can actually relate <laughs> relate to that. Um, when I was one running the Ute 100 a couple months back, I was at that same point as you, where like I was, I was struggling to keep my eyes open and just you know every movement was just so heavy because you feel so tired you're just like oh i want to sleep you know like and barely keep my eyes open and i just actually i started like it felt like a sprint you know but at that point because it's like somewhere somewhere in the 60 mile range where this is going on at like 3 a.m um and uh I just took it, turned on some tunes and just took off and, uh, man, I woke up and like that sleep just left me, you know, it, it came crashing back down on me a couple miles later, but for, for those few miles, you know, I never thought about that run faster, you know, get the heart beating. That, I think that's great advice there. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like it's like, um, like for me, I run after work. I get up and I start working and, and around three o'clock, I'm always like really kind of groggy and tired. And then as soon as I get running, that's like, I'm, I'm awake and my energy is back. So I feel like it's yeah. kind of the same thing where it's like, you've, you've been running a long time. You've gotten <laughs> slower. You've been running slow for a really long time. So just having that, you know, that, that boost running fast again, that makes sense that that would wake you up. So, <sighs> Has there ever been a race, Ethan, where you thought you were gonna DNF or came close to DNFing? Yeah, not quite, not yet, not quite. Was there any been? Has there been any close calls for you where you were considering it during the race? Stand Hope, all the way leading up to Stand Hope, I did not. I almost took my name out because I was scared out of my mind, and then I thought I was gonna DNF. I finished like an hour before it cut off somewhere around there but i was just super burnt out by the time i got to it uh-huh. i just thought i was so screwed for it but but yeah. you made it through was that your first 100 mile race that was my second that was your second yeah. so you were feeling burned out just from all the running yeah yeah okay do you feel like you just trained too much or too hard leading up to that race yes so I considered all my 50s we did over the winter and 24-hour race. And I considered Bryce 100 training for that one. <laughs> Plus I was hitting 50 to 80-mile weeks in between each other wow. race. <laughs> and so by the time I got to it, I was just so done. But yeah, I just went way too hard for way too long because we did that like – from so we started out with 40 50 mile weeks uh after teton crest and we just held that plus ultras like every two like 30 milers every like two weeks Dang. throughout the winter and stuff all the way until uh bryce 100 and stand hope wow so do you guys do you do all of your running with your brother? Not hundred percent, but if we can, we'll go together. But I'd say okay. most of what we did during the winter, we did together. Okay, so how do you find time to train for ultras with with school and every, all your other responsibilities? So 
this last school year, uh, we would get up around 4.45 every day, run, go to school, and then I'd go to work, and then I'd come home, run, do homework, and then just repeat that, like, every day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wait, so you would yeah, run <laughs> both in the morning and the afternoon? Yeah. Gotcha. Sometimes I'd even wake up a little earlier in the morning and get it in all in the morning. I don't know. We just got really hyped and went ham. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Did you struggle to pay attention in classes getting up that early or not really? I think I've always struggled staying. Or, yeah, I've always, always kind of struggled with that, but I think it definitely affected it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah but i i got better grades this year than i have any other year so Hello. hey hey so your there parents you are like yeah keep ultra running <laughs> <laughs> so for all the parents out there with teenagers get, get them, them into the ultra running. running if you want their grades to go up yeah that's it <laughs> do you feel like things that you've learned in ultra running have transferred over into school like have you ever been like Oh, this is this assignment. This is like a race. I just got to get to the next aid station or like any transfers like that. Yeah, I think so. Cause sometimes I'd be doing work, just be like hating it, you know? Yeah. But, but I'd be like, I don't know. I just feel like I could keep going just to get that last little bit done. I feel like that transfers over to like everything. I just can keep going a little bit further because it's taught me how to suffer longer. Yeah. Totally. I think that's awesome. I think that does transfer over to everything. Ultra Run really does teach you to to just keep moving even when it sucks. Yeah. Just because you're suffering doesn't mean you stop. Well, and I think it also teaches you that you're not going to be suffering forever. Yeah. It's going to end eventually. You just got to push through a little bit more. Yeah. That's awesome. Agree, hundred percent. Um, what do you do for nutrition when you're out on your big long runs? Whatever I feel, I buy a lot of like nut bars, so like paydays, up ten oh. stingers. I drink a lot of Coke. I feel like Coke has helped me the most. Oh, it's the best, man. The Coke best. is the best. Do you like have a schedule like on your hundreds? Like I want to eat this many, you know, every hour I got to eat something whether I want it or not, or you just eat when you feel like eating. Uh, I try not to wait for when I feel like eating. I just keep eating. You know, if I feel like I've gone a little longer without eating, I'll eat something. It'll just gotcha. I watch the time a lot. I try to eat a bunch. 200 400 calories every hour but i don't focus on it too much as long as i just keep eating okay. makes sense yeah so so kind of intuitive um and just you just eat a lot basically I eat a lot that's good <laughs> drink a lot of coke drink a lot oh, of yeah. coke <laughs> coke is our that was jacob's saving grace at the u that's basically all the calories he consumed the last like 20 miles <laughs> and coke literally fueled me through the last 20 of my hundreds so it's good stuff It'll be yeah. <laughs> it really is what about 
your training? Do you, do you write a schedule for yourself? Does your brother write a schedule? Um, leading up to our hundreds, we set it up. I think Bryce 100, we set it so it was like 50 mile a week, 50 mile a week, and then 60, 60, 70, 70, 80. And then we tapered off 50, 30, and then Bryce 100. Whoa. So you didn't take any rest weeks. It was just build, 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 build taper i think so yeah man that that is some serious discipline i've learned a lot about what not to do in my training so yeah would you do that again moving forward or how would you how how are you going to train for your next hundred uh probably i'll probably go up down up down up down so like 50 30 60 40 stuff like that however much i feel like i need but just try not to get burnt out in the process because yeah i was like it doesn't matter how i feel i'm gonna keep going (laughs) i've been in that burnout phase too um was there any like do you think it's just the sheer miles that led to you getting burned out or was there anything else that led to the burnout feeling uh miles sleep like no, I could see that. Everything just kind of piled up. Yeah. Just kind of life stress and lack of sleep. And yeah. yeah. So kind of learn that you have lack to take of care sleep. of yourself. Lack of sleep yeah. definitely leads to burnout. You know, yeah. we got to get up early to get those runs in. But you also, you got to make sure you're getting the sleep in as well. Yeah. For sure. So, so what are the things that you've learned to not do in training? Uh not go constantly hard there's a quote from nick bear that i uh kind of go off of when he's like cons- go con right it's from his marathon coach he says be consistently good rather than occasionally great that kind of like mm-hmm. told me hey man you gotta stop but i didn't but now i understand why that needs to be how it is that's awesome. Be consistently good rather than occasionally great. Yes, That's a golden quote. I love it. I feel like um, I feel like consistency is key. I just um, finished up with a client and we we're talking about consistency and um, it really is just about doing something every single day, doing something that you can do even on your hard days and, and getting out and putting in the work even when you don't want to. Um, and and i think to be consistent you like like you're saying like you have to take care of yourself you have to back off a little bit and it's you have to you know maybe run five miles a day instead of 10 miles a day and then crash and burn 10 miles a day and then mm-hmm. crash and burn it's about finding that balance and that consistency i think that's awesome because you know maybe we hear people say like yeah i run 10 miles a day and and maybe we're like oh man i should be running 10 miles a day but but we don't know that that you know that they've actually crashed and burned after doing that we need to you know trust trust our own schedule and our own routine and um just do what we can every day so before we let you go i gotta ask also because you you met melody on her 50 mile race what did you think of melody when you first met her oh yeah what was your first impression (laughs) (laughs) 
because I shared my first impression of you. <laughs> I was running. I was like, why don't you slow down? That was my first first like thought, but I thought she was super, super cool. I was impressed oh, cool. with her hard work the whole way back. Cause Thank I really I really wanted to drop her, but I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so that was your goal when you guys kind of like came up and you're pretty even you your goal was to drop melody yeah i got halfway and i was moving pretty slow and i got a little bit worried i was like you know what? i don't even care if i get hurt or anything i'm just gonna go and so i started chasing everybody i could down and then i copped her and she was running and she just didn't stop and so i just followed her <laughs> the entire time I I would have stopped if you weren't following me because my goal was to drop you. Yeah, <laughs> I was I like I'm gonna out, I'm not gonna stop until he stops. Two competitive <laughs> people who run into each other. Bad situation. <laughs> yeah, okay, that was a good situation. No, it was a great situation. Because honestly, um, yeah, I, I I you know who knows who would have dropped first if if I didn't get us lost. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Melody was getting frustrated because there's some uh, some kid in Star Wars pajama pants. She can't <laughs> drop him. He, he just keeps sticking with her. Which, okay, for the record, I think it's awesome that you wore Star Wars pajama pants. They keep me warm. And that's what matters. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like it, you get 10 more cool points for wearing those and i mean at first like we ran like 10 miles or something like i didn't even know who was behind me i just heard your voice and i just was like two in the zone and didn't want to turn around and see who it was i i just knew it was a guy because you know whenever we passed someone i would be like hey good job man and then you'd say hey good job man um and so i i knew you were a guy um mm -hmm. but that's it <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't until like we got lost that I was like, okay, let's, we've been running for, you know, two hours. Let's, let, I'll turn around and see who this person is. <laughs> yeah, we didn't say anything for like 10 miles. Yeah. Each other. We were just we trying to were drop just each other. It. You know, I, I thought about saying like, I was like, you know, should I ask this guy his name? Should I start a conversation? I was like, I'm just in pain. Like, I, I just literally don't even care right now. I just I, want to try to drop them. <laughs> yeah, my, my quads were locking up the entire time. And I was getting a little bit gaggy. And I was like, I don't even care. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. But it was the, the best part was the very last part of Dead Horse, you know, where you have to go up and over that hill right before the finish line. Yeah. That is the hardest part of Dead Horse because it's the end of the race. There's not a lot of climbing in this race. And all of a sudden you have this huge hill. And I like the entire race, like as soon as the gun went off, I immediately was dreading that part of the race. So it just was nice to have someone to chat to. And and yeah. that part, like, I don't even remember it. It was it was so easy to just chat and get over that yeah, hill. Yeah, you so. got me through that last year. I was hurting so bad last year when coming up that hill. Yeah. That, that was tough. <laughs> did, what, what did you tell me? You said that you were coming up that hill with your brother and then you guys were talking about David Goggins or something and it helped oh, you. Yeah. Like, what was that? Yeah. So we were in like the worst pain we've ever been in. Worst pain I've been up in up to this day. But yeah, coming up that hill, we were just dying. And then we started coming down. We were struggling to run. We turned on a Goggins video. And we were both like, 
crying because we hurt so bad. And then we started running. We're like, we're going to run the whole way down. <laughs> yeah, we just booked it to the finish. I was That's throbbing awesome. for, for hours all night. I think my heart rate was like 110 all night. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's something else we talked about. David Goggins is who got us into running too. So I love that you turn on David Goggins video. And I love those moments, those raw moments when you're like crying together on the trail. (laughs) What a bonding moment. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good bonding moment. That's awesome. So what's the uh, plans now moving forward for you? Um, So right now, this is non-running wise, but I'm going to lead it into running type uh, plans. But right now I'm finishing out school. I'm trying to graduate early while working a full-time job. After that, I'm going to become a personal trainer. And then that's when I'm going to start training for. So I might sign up for 50 or two during the winter, like arches and uh, behind the rocks. And maybe roofing in that 24 hour race. But, and then I'm also signed up for a crazy 100 in July. Nice. So, yeah, I'm just going to keep it chill until I'm done with school. But, yeah. I love it. I love that a couple of 50s, one 100, and a 24 hour race is kind of chill. <laughs> yeah. I like 50s. The 100 is scary. That's scary. Hundreds are scary. Yeah, fifties are the best, huh? Because it's like it pushes you. You hurt afterwards, but then you can go home and get a bed. Yeah, it's so fun. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm about. Well, dang man, that that's awesome. We just we seriously are so impressed. We think you are a stellar human, an awesome runner. Super impressed with your work ethic and um, just your mental toughness to be able to do what you're doing. It really is inspiring to us. I appreciate it. I was just given a lot of opportunities at a younger age. So yeah. You're I'm such thankful. a humble man. Well, way to take advantage <laughs> of those opportunities because a lot of people don't. Um, so our last question to you before we let you go, what's your one piece of advice for someone who's just starting to run ultras? Uh, I say... Don't like let big races scare you. Prepare well for them, but don't let it scare you to the point of pulling your name out of the race. Just full send. Do it. Prepare well and full send. I love it. Yeah, you hear that, everyone? Full send. Prepare (laughs) well and full send. It might be bad advice, but that's how I went about it, and I don't regret it. So, (laughs) no, I I think that's great advice. Yes. I feel like we need to make, I get a t shirt idea every episode, and I think every guest who comes on needs a a different t shirt. Yeah. We're going to make a Trello 100 (laughs) store, and that that would be your t shirt. It would say, prepare well and full send. And would also have Darth Vader on it. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good to me. (laughs) All right, Ethan. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, It's been cool to get into the mind of a 17-year-old ultra runner because it's definitely something you don't see every day. And it really is impressive that you're doing this at that your age right now. 
Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Totally. And, and we look forward to interviewing you in 10 years when you are winning all of yeah. the races. Don't forget <laughs> us. Don't forget us when, oh, you're, when you're the GOAT of ultra running in 10 years from now. <laughs> Hopefully I am. But I won't be forgetting <laughs> you guys. Don't you worry. So big thank you to Ethan for coming on the podcast. Our first minor to come on the podcast. Yes. First person under 18 that it, we've had. We're on. just literally blown away. We're just so mind blown. Like, uh, you know, sorry, Ethan, if it keeps bugging you that we're bringing up your age. I'm just like, 17? Are you serious? That's just crazy. Like, we, we've we had so many people tell us, like, wow, you guys are such young ultra runners. And, um, I mean, you're 10 years younger than us. Yeah. It's just awesome. It's so I mean, impressive. Just for someone that young to just be that disciplined and that ambitious like you're gonna go far in life ooh, Ethan. that's you're all gonna go far in life it's he's definitely setting an example for us oh yeah so takeaways melody this is my big takeaway i feel like ethan was very humble and he he just loves ultra running everything's very intuitive and and he just does it because he loves it. And I, I feel like his philosophy with it is, well, you just do it. You just put in the miles. You get it before 45, you get it done. You run before work. You go to bed, you do it again. Like, you just do it. And and I think it really is as simple as that. It really is as simple as if this is something you want to do, you just do it. You get it done. You get the work in. And, and I think his passion and love for it, um, you know, really, really drives him. And and of course, we're not always going to feel this motivation and this drive. Um, sometimes you just got to do it when it stinks. And and I've, I'm sure that he also, I mean, he loves it, but I, I'm sure he didn't get up at 445 every single morning with this like, wow, I this is so fun. I love this. I'm sure there are mornings where he didn't want to get up, but he did it anyways. Like that discipline, that discipline is yeah. just amazing. And so for me, it was just this lesson of, just just do it just put in the work and get it done agreed that was that was uh just the discipline to get <laughs> it all in um i guess to play a little bit devil's advocate to that yeah my takeaway was maybe a little different along those lines was the whole like when he talked about all the burnout he experienced mm. um you know like yes you you need to get it done but he talked about, you know, one of the reasons for his burnout was lack of sleep. And uh, I mean, I'm sure as a teenager, probably some of that is staying up late with friends. But for sure, we, you know, even as an adult, you want to stay up late. Um, so I, uh, you know, I, I it made me realize how, yes, you need to get miles in, but you also need the balance that with sleep. So maybe like, waking up at 4 30 every morning isn't actually realistic and you're going to get burned out like maybe you should you know keep make keep it around the same time period but maybe let yourself sleep in another 30 minutes a day or two you know and get a few less miles in if it means getting the sleep and the re just the refreshment that you need 
well, how, how about we come together and agree that it's about balance? Yes. There, there's going to be times where you just got to get it done, even though you don't want to. And you also have to recognize signs of burnout and be okay with taking a rest day or, like you said, maybe sleeping in. Although this is a whole other topic. I do think that waking up at the same time every morning is really important. Anyways, we won't get into that. Um, this is like an ongoing thing for Jacob and I, the sleep topic, but we won't do that to you guys right now. Anyways. <laughs> Um, it's just about balance. Push it like yes. know when you need to push yourself, know when you need to back off. Yes. Be smart about it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Anyways, well, great listen, great interview by Ethan. All hopefully all the best luck to him as he takes his laid back year still doing a couple fifties and a hundred. Also, I don't mean to like make this super long winded, but I just thought like, isn't this weird how we've kind of switched places? I feel like you're usually one who's like discipline and yeah. I'm the one who's like, no, we need yeah. to take care of ourselves. I feel like we've kind of switched <laughs> where, you know, we're, we're just in our process of finding the balance. It's a balance. <laughs> but last thing that I actually like, really like that Ethan brought up just before we let you all go is Ethan um talked about you know how he started off he started off with a 20 mile run it sucked but he did it then he went to a 29 mile run with a lot of vert it sucked but he did it then he went into like you know the teton crest trail a 40 mile run it sucked but he did it you know it was hard but he did it it actually it made me flash back to us starting um ultra running yeah. you know like the first time we hit that 30 mile mark the first time we ran 50 miles like we were wrecked but you know we did it and it's so like it's like as special as your first yeah race. you never forget that moment <laughs> exactly you know and and so and the moment might have been extremely awkward and painful but the reward in the end outweighed the it's awkwardness a core memory. It's yes a core memory. <laughs> to where you wanted more and <laughs> anyways so like it just made me think you know especially if there's beginner ultra runners right now who are wanting to get into that ultra distance but they haven't quite touched it yet like it's gonna be hard and it's gonna suck those first times but it's so worth, but it. it's so worth it and like if you can then do 20 miles you can do 30 you know then if you can do 30 miles you can do 45 you just move up you just you just keep you can keep moving up and anyways. that's what's cool about running yeah like you can know it but anyways we'll, we'll stop I know yes all right one more thing Thank you, everyone, for joining us. If you have not reviewed the podcast, please take time to review it on Apple or Spotify, and we will talk to you all next time. Hey, guys, it's Melody here. Thank you so much for listening to Trail. It means so much to us. I'm really excited to tell you about my coaching business, where I help average Joes who are looking for a little bit more out of life do something big to find a little bit more purpose, direction, and meaning. I know what it's like to feel stagnant or like something's missing or like you just want more out of life. I was in the same spot. Jacob and I had just gotten married and we were both working nine to five jobs and we just were like, what do we do now? We, we just wanted something more and we listened to David Goggins book and we decided to sign up for a 50 mile race and 
Since then, we've done 50s. We've done Jacobson a couple hundreds. I've done one 100. And, and running has changed our lives. I feel like I always have a goal to work towards. I feel accomplished and proud of myself. I feel like I have learned countless life lessons that have made me a better friend, a better wife, a better daughter, a better person. And I want to give back and help you do the same thing. I'm telling you, running can change your life. If you're ready to jump in and sign up for a race, whether it's three miles or 100 miles, I would be honored to help you cross the finish line. If you want to learn more or get in touch with me, go to my Instagram at Pine Tree Running or my website, MelodyBateman.biz. You have so much potential and you are way stronger than you know. Let's find your strength because it's there just waiting to be tapped into.